Talk Radio 96.7. Let's talk sports in Sports Central. Sports Central brought to you by the Cabana Club. And talking all that sports, your host, Justin LaFerrier. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Man, it feels good to be back in the hot seat here on Talk Radio 96.7. As Eric said, I am Justin Bringing this evening's edition of Sports Central here to you with my good friend, Mr. Mark McCullum. Yes, sir. How are you, man? Great. Good to see you. Long time no see in this, in this booth. Yeah. It has been quite a while, man. I think the, the last time I was on was the first time you were in the in one of the hot seats. Yeah. Yeah, and, my uh, mic was silent that day, but it, was. it is surely on right now. <laughs> but feeling good now? Yeah. Good. Yeah, ready to go. Good. I'm excited, man. It's going to be a great edition of Sports Central here, man. We, As always, we've got a ton of stuff to cover. So we're not going to waste any time, and we're just going to jump right into it, man. It. Football is in full swing yeah. across high school. Not high school. Well, yeah. yeah. High school has started. Absolutely. They're all, yeah, they're almost over. College, and then, of course, the NFL. But uh, let's stick with college, man, because this yeah. week was a big week in college football. Definitely. The uh, college football playoff rankings came out this past Tuesday. Shook some things up. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, some people are upset. Definitely. With uh, the first edition of the college football Mainly in that state of Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when you look at OSU and then, of course, uh, Cincinnati yeah. being uh, the uh, – okay, Cincinnati, they come out ranked sixth in the first edition of the college football playoff rankings. Number but, two in the AP poll. So. Right. That's what people are yeah. about, really the most upset about. But they are in the American Athletic Conference. Right. They are the highest-ranked Power Five – not Power Five – Group of five. Uh, group of five, thank yep. you. Um, ever in the college football playoff ranking. I mean, that's not saying a ton, but... It's something. It is something. They are <laughs> sixth, uh, surpassing themselves. I believe they were seventh last year in 2020 yeah. uh, at one point. So, mm-hmm. But they come in sixth, like you said, very upset. Uh, but uh, Ohio State comes in fifth, and then uh, the top four... Georgia, one loss Alabama, undefeated Michigan State, who knocked off Michigan in a great yeah, game. Yeah, they come out of nowhere this season. Great game. Mel Tucker up there at Michigan State has the Spartans playing very well. But yeah. that Big Ten Conference, man, is just stacked. It's loaded. It's stacked. When we just mentioned Ohio State. Michigan, I believe, is ranked 8th, 7th or 8th. They're in probably the still top 10. Ranking. Close loss to Michigan one State loss, last week. Yeah. Right. Um, Wisconsin's coming on very strong uh, in that Big Ten as well. So, and Iowa's still... Even though they lost to Purdue. Two-loss team. I yeah. believe they're still in the top 25. Mm-hmm. I think they fell uh, quite a ways after their loss this past weekend to Wisconsin. But uh, Big Ten is definitely going to shake some things up. Again, this is the first iteration of the college football playoff ranking. So a lot of moving and shaking going to be uh, happening in the next few weeks. Definitely. For sure. I think you look at the the SEC, particularly with Georgia and Alabama, most likely going to meet in that SEC title game. Yeah. If uh, It's almost it, a tradition. Right at this point. <laughs> at this point, yeah. At this point, um, in your opinion, it, you know, like we just mentioned, Big Ten is going to shake some things up. Oregon has a one loss already. You would think they win that Pac-12. Oklahoma's got to face an Oklahoma State. Got to face a Baylor. Yeah. Got to win that Big Twelve championship. If Alabama and Georgia get to that SEC title game, as most would assume, and Alabama loses. Do you still put a two-loss Alabama team in that in that college football? That's playoff? tough. I don't think there's ever been a two-loss team in the playoff. I think that's always kind of been maybe the determining factor. Um, right. And yeah, like you said, it depends how the rest of the season uh, shakes out within Big Ten. If Ohio State, you know, runs right. the rest of the table, wins the Big Ten title, um, Oregon's could, like you said, probably going to win the Pac-12. Could you imagine? In this scenario, you know, Cincinnati wins out; they win the AA con- and American Alabama. Athletic. Loses and Cincinnati's, they still get in. you know, undefeated. Alabama's a two-loss team, and 
somehow still gets in over Cincinnati? Man, that, you got to imagine the yeah. I can't imagine it. Unbelievable! I mean, it's insane. Um, Unbelievable. But I'm sure. I mean, that's interesting. I mean, we'll see. Cincinnati's got to play better. I think they've had some close wins against teams that you yeah. expect them to dominate. Uh, I've still pulled away in the end, but you expect them to play. You know, if they want to get that playoff, they've got to be dominant throughout. I agree, throughout especially game, because yeah. I mean, the knock on Cincinnati right now is they haven't played anybody. Right. Their biggest win of the season is against a very good Notre Dame team. Yeah. In Notre Dame, they yeah. beat them in South Bend, which is a great quality win. Hence the reason they're in. But then you six. need Notre Dame to continue to win outside of so that. that win they looks haven't even really, better. You know, exactly. Called that side of the bargain on that. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll have to see how it shakes out. But this week, there's a lot of great games on tap. Yeah. Number twelve Auburn visiting the Texas A&M Aggies this Saturday. Michigan State, who we just talked about, Mel yeah. Tucker taking on a scrappy Purdue Boilermakers. Knocked off Iowa, so you know they're they have the potential to pull off an upset. I agree. That's going to be a good game. Number ten, who saw Wake Forest? It's in number ten, Wake Forest, leading the ACC at this point. If you would have told us that in the beginning of the season, you I would have lost some money. Exactly, (laughs) exactly, yeah. Number the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, unbeaten right now, taking on Sam Howell and Mac Brown there with the North Carolina Tar Heels, and then LSU and number three Alabama taking on or going to Tuscaloosa to take on Alabama there, seven p.m. on Saturday. So good games on tap this weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. LSU, uh, Alabama, always a game to tune into. Maybe not this season, (laughs) Uh, the way Alabama's playing and the way LSU has been playing the last two seasons ever since their title. Um, But we'll see. Some good, always good stuff uh, on tap this Saturday. Again, when we come back next week for Sports Central, I I, I can almost guarantee you the uh, top four in college football will be different. Yeah, there's going to be a shakeup. There always is each week, man. How is uh, sticking with college but coming a little more closer to home, man? How's your uh, alma mater doing? They have been picking it up of late. They've had a couple losses early in the season, but since then they've beat number six, Kaiser. Uh, That win came out of nowhere. It was on the road. I looked online to see the result. I saw they won. I was like, oh, my goodness. (laughs) Where did that come from? Um and then, yeah, last week they beat number 23, St. Thomas, 24 to 21. Their second uh, win over our top 25 program. The first time they've done that, I think, in their program history, beating two top 25 teams uh, wow. in the same season. Uh, so definitely uh, finishing their season strong. Um, Good stuff, man. Yeah, they'll host St. Andrews University this Saturday for senior night. Senior, um, okay. Yeah, yeah, senior night, yeah. Always great brand of football out there with Southeastern. Yeah, man. and just I've kind of noticed a change of uh, playing style. You know, under their first head coach, uh, more passing, more pass-oriented offense. Okay. Uh, but now with Coach Caesar, they really try to run the ball. Um, every every like box score I see, it's you know 30, 35 rushes for close to three hundred yards. Um, so just a run-heavy scheme. Yeah, yeah. It seems to be working, man. Yeah. Two quality wins uh, this past week. Yeah. Warner, unfortunately, not having a great year. Fell to three and six on the season with a fifty-six to nothing loss against Kaiser. Wow, yeah. that's a tough game to swallow. Yeah, tough pill to swallow there. Uh, two games left this season, and their final home game coming up this weekend against Ave Maria before the finale against their uh, in-county rival Weber International. Speaking of Weber, yeah, uh, they did it, Justin. They won their first game of the. <laughs> they won their first game of the season. Yeah. Uh, this past week against number 19 Faulkner. So not only the first win, they beat a top 25 team. They beat them 38 to 35. Uh, this was their fourth game against a ranked opponent this season. So a tough schedule, uh, but they found a way to get the job done. Uh, their offense totaled 474 yards, and their 38 points was a season high. Uh, the Warriors will try for win number two against Florida Memorial this Saturday before that final game against Warner. 
Good luck to Weber as they uh, try to get what we call a winning streak this weekend. All he needs two to get a streak going. That's right. <laughs> Good luck to Weber. Let's uh, hope they bring home another W there. Yeah. And then uh, going to the prep level, Lakeland Christian, the Vikings, they beat South Sumter 42-32 to to remain undefeated. 9-0 and on the year. They've got a streak man. going on the, of their own. A nine-game winning streak. <laughs> Not, that, I mean, that's that's great stuff, man. As we, uh, as you said earlier in the show, the prep season winding down. So Lakeland Christian, yeah, uh, definitely going to be in the conversation for potential state championship. Yeah, they're gearing up for their playoff push here. That'd be yeah. uh, that'd be great. We always love to see some hardware coming back to Polk County, definitely on the uh, high school level. But unfortunately, uh, we're not going to have a chance to run down the rest of the prep scores as Eric is pulling the hook out on us. But good luck. To those young men as they close out their seasons there on the prep level, hopefully, like we said, bring home some more hardware. Yeah. Maybe see those young men at the uh, Polk County All Sports Awards. Yeah, that'd be great in 2022. That's going to do it for segment one. Stay tuned. Mark and I come back. We got a special guest for you in segment two. Talk Radio 96.7 Sports Central on your radio. Ooh yeah! Days in Lakeland brings it to you. Now let's get back and talk some more sports with Mark and Justin. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this Thursday's edition, the first November edition of Sports Central here on Talk Radio 96.7. As promised, I'm here with Mark, and we have a great guest for you this evening. Absolutely. None other than the voice of the Lakeland Magic, Mr. Hank Taylor. Good evening, Hank. How are you, sir? Mark, Justin, hopefully I'm coming through nice and clear. Good to hear, good to, good to hear from you guys. Oh, you sound great, Hank. Thanks for joining us. Tonight. As always, sound yeah. great, sir. <laughs> so, yeah, Hank, before we uh, you know, get into this upcoming season for the Magic, uh, can you just talk for a little bit about how you got into public address announcing and uh, how you eventually got connected with the Magic? Yeah, so uh, um, getting a chance to uh, touch on that briefly, I-, I started this when I was in high school. Uh, I-, I, had a- I had a teacher – in high school, my TV production teacher, uh, who, who saw something in me er, er, early on uh, and uh, helped. He was one of the coaches for, for my high school athletic department up the, up the road a little bit in, in DeLand. But uh, that, was where, that, that was where I got started announcing for the DeLand High School Bulldogs. Um, that was uh, – I started doing volleyball for them, a little bit of basketball. Uh, I, was a, I was a wrestling athlete, so I did some wrestling for them too and a few other things. Um, but then when high school was finishing up, going off to college, came down to good old SCU, um, yeah. got, got connected there doing the, doing the same kind of thing. Um, and, uh, you know, so grateful for, for my time at, at SCU, getting a chance to really I, I, um, learn so much, uh, announce pretty much every sport under the sun there. They've grown so much since, since I started there as a freshman in 2010, but getting to do a little bit of everything under the sun. I mean, it was, it was just, it, it was an awesome time to be able to learn, really put in the skills when they brought football on. You guys talked a little bit of SCU football earlier. Uh, when, when football was coming on back in 2014, um, they kept me around to, to announce for them. So I, so I stuck around, got a master's and uh, announced there. And then it was, you know, the, the relationships and, and the people that I knew from, uh, from Southeastern and and the and Southeastern's partnership with the Magic that helped pave the way for me to go and start there um, when they started uh, when they had their first season in 2017. Um, so went went to them, have been with them since day one. Been, been with the Lakeland Magic, and that's been truly a, 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 a truly just an awesome time. Got gotten a chance to do 
80 games with them over the course of, of my career with them and uh, just have loved every minute of getting a chance to work with the Magic. So, uh, yeah, that's a little bit of how I got how I got plugged in, how I got started announcing, uh, and how I got to this point. Very cool, Hank. That's a, that's an awesome story, man. Um, I'm really interested in the fact. Obviously, uh, hopefully, our most of our listeners know that, uh, of course, the Lakeland Magic getting ready to uh, raise a championship banner across the street at the RP Funding Center after their G League championship last season. Uh, doing so though in Orlando in the bubble because of the COVID-19 pandemic. So, uh, Hank, if you would kind of talk about at least your experience from that perspective of uh, them having to, the team having to go to the bubble and play the and play for the championship and obviously ultimately winning that championship last season. Yeah, well, going back to last March, I mean, we were in, you know, the Magic were, were picking up pace at the right time. They put together a solid you know, win streak when the world shut down uh, from COVID. And we never, unfortunately, got to ever see the end of that season. So while the NBA season that, that year did finish, the, the G League season just sort of um, ended and, and we never did see the end. So when they announced the bubble, that was obviously really exciting uh, uh, for for those teams and, and those players, obviously, who put in a lot of time and effort. Um, but also exciting for me, I, I knew it was coming right down the road, and so I was calling everybody I knew to try to work that work every angle that I could to figure out how I could get in there and, and announce while it was going on. And uh, it, it, that did work out. I did get a chance to be a part of uh, uh, of the of the bubble season, which was an incredible opportunity. So cool to be able to see that up close, um, and, and to see such so much basketball played in such a short short amount of time. Kudos to every team that came out and, and participated in that because that was not easy. Uh, but but the Magic uh, came out there, took care of business. Um, you know they they showed a lot of good chemistry and played really tough and closed out games when accounted. Um, that led to uh, like we just talked about them, them getting that championship, getting getting that locked up, and they're so excited to be able to celebrate that this weekend. Raise that raise that banner in RP Funding Center. Uh, but but for me it was it was really special just to be part of history you know hopefully fingers crossed we won't ever have to see a bubble environment like that again but uh, to be able to be a part of seeing that being just being able to see that up close and help make that a possibility in, in, in the little way that I can is really really humbling uh, but also but, but really special too at the same time to be able to see that up close. Right, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the atmosphere, maybe the environment during those games? Because especially, you know, in the bubble when it got to playoff time, it was single elimination, right? So, I mean, what was the atmosphere yep. like, you know, game day? You know, it, it was interesting. You could see, you, you know, they played a 15-game regular season. So, uh, every game, every game counted. And uh, you got, you know, you got about six, seven games into the season and you figure out, you know, it doesn't really seem like that long, like you've maybe played – six or seven games in a week and a half or two weeks. And then you've got two weeks left and then that's it. Like you could really start to see the urgency as it was coming down the stretch and, and, and every win really, really mattered. It really counted just the environment in those, in, in those games, you could tell like players were, players were invested. They were, they were trying to close these things out because they knew you only had so many opportunities. It's not like in the, regular season or the NBA season where, you know, maybe one gets away from you. Like you've got to close all these games out, which made the, the environment so much more competitive. Um, and, and, but it, but it was just a really cool environment. Disney did an amazing job putting that on. They, they took such good care of everybody, players, 
staff, officials, everybody. We we had a great experience there. Um, really interesting to do it in that in bubble environment. Obviously, like you're at a big athletic complex uh, where there's all these seats but no fans. So uh, it, it, it was interesting. But we we had a we had a great team that really tried to help bring some of that bring some of that environment into play so that you know players could feel like they were you know participating in 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 the arenas like they were uh, at home um they they definitely tried to make home and away environments uh so that you could feel like you had you know an, an edge and an advantage when you when you were actually playing a, a, a home game and uh, that affected even you know even the stuff that I did you know how how you called the game you know we had home and away teams and you treated your you treated your home team a little bit different than you treated your away team but fortunately for me I didn't have to do too many I didn't have to do any um away games for Lakeland every home game that was for Lakeland I was there uh, I was there for them and we kept it pretty consistent for them so Very that cool. definitely uh, that, that definitely was a really a really fun environment Hank real Hank real quick cuz we're running up against the clock buddy uh, yeah. We talked about the, uh, the 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 new season kicks off tomorrow night at Red Cross Street at the RP Funding Center. So before Eric pulls the hook out for us, what are you most looking forward to in this new season as uh, Lakeland looks to repeat in the G League? I think they're going to bring uh, a, a lot of new things to the table, new things for fans. Uh, it's going to be a, an awesome environment where you're going to see Obviously, a, a really young team come out to, to, to compete and play really hard and try to repeat. Sure. Uh, but I think this is a team now that's forming its own identity. Like, they're going to really try to uh, make it really unique. They're giving away a ton of stuff at every game. So fans cool. are going to have something to look forward to, something to come out and, and to see. And so uh, look, for, look for, you know, the team obviously to continue their excellent play. But for fans to have a unique and fun experience as well. Couldn't have said it better myself, Hank. Thank you so much for taking the time this evening, man. Good luck with the season starting tomorrow right across the street at the RP Funding Center. Head on out for a great fan experience and listen to the best voice in the G League, Mr. Hank Taylor. Thank you, sir. Hey, of course. Thanks for having me. Take care. Hey, but right now, let's get back to more of Sports Central, talking sports with the guys from Polk County Sports Marketing and Tourism. Brought to you this segment by Lake Myrtle Dental. Hold on to your seats, your host, Justin LaFerrier. That's right. Hold on to your seats. I've got it held pretty tight here, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, man. That, that's good. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Sports Central here on Talk Radio 96.7. I'm Justin. That's Mark. Talking sports this evening. And as promised, we still got a lot on tap. Uh, a big thing happened this past week. Pretty big. World Series champion was crowned. Yeah. Major League Baseball season comes to an end with crowning the new champion, Atlanta Braves. Finally. Win, win their first title since 1995. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty excited about it, man. If it couldn't, if it could not have been my Red Sox, I'm glad to see it was Atlanta. Yeah. And just anyone but Houston, I think yeah. a lot of people could agree. A lot of people. <laughs> yeah. 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 Are probably in that same, on that same sentiment. But uh, Atlanta closes out the series six or four games to two in game six. Yeah. Uh, after going back to uh, Houston and shut out the Astros seven to nothing, it's, it was crazy. I mean, shutting down the Astros that lineup in Houston, it was yeah. Uh, I was I was worried a little bit after they dropped Game Five in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and then knowing that they were going to go back to Houston, right? Because Game Five they had a lead in that game, right, early on, or was it? a I'm not I sure. I think it might have been. I'm going to take your word I think on that one. They had a three nothing lead, and then Houston came back and won. 
pretty won, big. Yeah, they won pretty handily. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, the Braves, uh, behind the pitching performance of Max Fried, win game six, and uh, Mr. Jorge Soler with an absolute monster <laughs> of a home run that left the stadium. I, I think I'm I still looking for it. it. You know, it ended up in a uh, in a party oh. uh, at an apartment complex across the street. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No I, way I shake saw that. Shake a party up. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, baseball's uh, just rolling around. Didn't hear a loud roar across the street. Right. Like, oh my gosh, what's going on? <laughs> Bang. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. There it is. But uh, congrats to the Braves, man. What an unbelievable Crazy story. season. I believe we were just talking about this. Yeah. Beginning of August, so roughly two se- two months From left the trade in the season. Deadline, July thirty first. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They were right around five hundred, and then they went like I think it's some absurd record of like forty two and seventeen without arguably their best player. Oh, absolutely, Acuna, Ronald Cunha. Yeah, absolutely. Who tore an ACL? Uh, but Alex Anthopoulos, their GM, has got to be the GM of the year for <laughs> yeah. the job he did at the deadline. Absolutely, bringing in Eddie Rosario, Jorge Soler, Jock Peterson, and Adam Duvall. Yeah, arguably the four best hitters in the entire postseason. Yeah, uh, and outside of Freddie Freeman. To build up maybe. that pitching depth, I mean, losing Charlie Morton in Game One, right? Uh, probably, probably their best pitcher at that point in the season. Um, yeah, unbelievable thing yeah. he did in Game One too. I know to come back out after, after breaking his broken leg. After breaking his leg. Yeah. Granted, I thought about this after this happened too. <laughs> broken leg sounds very dramatic. He fractured his fibula. I mean, it's not like he, there was well, a that's compound not the story break. You tell, right? Right. You don't say, "Hey, I fractured my my, my fibula." There was, a, there was a hairline fracture. I would in my say bone. I shattered my leg. Right. And I still came out. It was out a broken leg. In World Series. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. It's a lot more heroic to say it that <laughs> yeah. way. Nevertheless, to your point, unbelievable pitching depth behind guys like Ian Anderson and Max Fried. And their bullpen. I mean. Yeah, with Tyler Matzik, Will Smith, yeah. yeah, Luke Jackson. They uh, just a great roster, top to bottom. Brian Snicker did a heck of a job yeah. managing that team throughout the entire postseason. Yeah. Congrats to the the Braves there in Atlanta as they bring home another title there. Freddie Freeman, twelve year vet, wins his first title. Now a free agent. Jeez, does he end up back in Atlanta? Ah, uh, putting man, you on the spot. I think he would have to. I mean, <laughs> he's got to, right? He's got to. I mean, he, if you're the GM for the Braves, the Braves. I mean, yeah. I mean, how do you win a World Series and then lose, and you, then the lose face your, of your, your heart and soul? Yeah, yeah, for the past decade. I, That's I mean, a tough sell. selfishly, we need a first baseman in Boston. We've wow. got deep pockets. <laughs> yes, you do. I'd love to see it. Yes, you do. Because the guy is just a class act. Yeah. He plays the game right. Uh, he's great in the community. He's a heck of a heck of a face of a franchise, like we just said for Atlanta. But I think he ends up back for Atlanta. Yeah, I think he he's he's a brave through and through. I think he needs to end his career there, especially yeah. after winning the title. I, mean, I can understand maybe if they didn't finish the job this season, he might want to go right chase a championship somewhere else. But I mean, he'll be back. Yeah, I think he'll be back. Let's go back to football, man. Across the Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers dropped a heartbreaker this past weekend uh, against the New Orleans Saints. Facing their old quarterback, Jameis Winston, who they knocked out of the game. Yeah, didn't see this one coming for no, the Saints. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. 36 to 27 was the final score. Jameis again knocked out with a torn ACL, I believe in what, the second quarter. Yeah, pretty early pretty on. Pretty early like, on. Maybe early second quarter, too. So a lot of people expected, okay, it was a close game at that point. Jameis, Jameis is, is out. out. Run away for the Bucs, yeah, right? Have any threat downfield in the passing game. It uh it was ugly. Yeah, I can't it, yeah. Uh, the Bucks defense, maybe their strong point last season, along with obviously that offense with Tom Brady, but uh, yeah. their secondary 
looks uh the secondary is banged up man. yeah yeah i mean they you always talk about the war of attrition in football i mean and it has not been more evident than in the bucks secondary this year right with uh with the amount of injuries that are just stacked up yeah. with those guys and every week in the nfl is is completely different i mean just uh, look my team the ravens the bengals oh. beat us uh, two weeks ago, then the Bengals go and get beat by the one-win Jets. I have a beef with the Bengals. Against uh, the, the backup quarterback, Mike White, who had yeah. a career day. <laughs> yes, he did. Who, to that point, did you see his jersey is now in Canton? Really? It is in Canton. He is he holds the record now for the most completions by a quarterback making his NFL debut. debut. Wow. 37 completions. Wow. 405 yards. Only the second quarterback since, like, 1950. To pass for over 400 yards in his Jeez. debut. You know who the first one was? I do not. Cam Newton. Okay. Nice. Yeah. A little trivia. Yeah. yeah. I like it. You never know. We got to bring never. trivia back, Eric, never at some point, man. That. Look at him. He's giving <laughs> He's us a thumbs up. Ready to go. Hey, uh, let's stick with football, man. Jacksonville Jaguars. And we'll talk Jags and Miami. Both not having yeah. great seasons. Yeah, not great. Not great. A lot of people expected the Jags not to have it. I mean, it's a rebuilding year. New head coach. New quarterback. Defense isn't great. O-line is terrible. Not having a great year. No, I think you might have expected fans to see uh, a bit more offense out of them, especially yes. with Trevor Lawrence, a quarterback, yeah. you know, maybe spreading the ball around, but he just has no time back there in the pocket to look and see what's available. And, with that offensive line. Yeah. It would have been interesting to see what would have happened with Trevor and Travis Etienne yeah. had he been healthy. Bringing that chemistry play. over from Clemson in their college yes. days, yeah. I, w- I was interested to see how that tag team worked in the NFL level, but we'll have to wait till next season for that yeah, to happen. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. Uh, but the su- really surprising one, I think, is Miami, who... Uh, yeah, they were... Playoff team last year? They were potential playoff Potential. Team. They were yeah, fighting they were, for it. they were in the hunt. I mean, 9-7 or 10-6. 10-6, and and six, I yeah, think, yeah. yeah. Uh, just missed the playoffs last year. Many expected them after the additions they made in the offseason. Uh, yeah. High draft picks. Yeah. Um, bringing but, a guy like Jalen Waddle, yeah, to for who's two having to still a good two. season, but it's just yeah. uh, they've not coming together for him. Regressed considerably, yeah. considering what they did last oh, year. Yeah, and you got to think Tua, their quarterback, might be on the hot seat. Um, yes, considering it's his third year, I think, and a lot of conversations about him moving in the trade deadline, but obviously, ultimately, they stuck with yeah. him. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I think he's, I think he can be good. But he needs a lot around him, I think. They say uh, all of the pundits or the experts, whatever you want to call them, say the best ability is availability, and Tua yeah. has an injury problem. Yeah. I mean, if a lot could be said for their offensive line, but uh, as Tua grows, hopefully he learns to get rid of the football quicker to right. some of those weapons, like yeah. you were saying. Yeah, that's tough, too. I mean, if you're not available, you're not getting all that experience to help you in the future, right? So, I mean, right. yeah. So we'll see see if the Dolphins can stay healthy. Right? We'll see, man. A lot of football left to go in the NFL, but going to the hard court real quick before Eric pulls the hook out on us. The uh, big club, the Orlando Magic, not starting off great. Two and six, zero oh and two at home. But the Miami Heat, five and one, three and zero oh at home. I think uh, pretty much what people expected. Orlando's a very yeah. very young team. Very young, a lot of potential there. A lot of young talent. New uh, coach, right? Right, um, so we'll see if they can bring it together as the season comes on. Correct me if I'm wrong. Marco Fultz not back yet, right, from his knee injury? I do not believe so. I don't think so. Yeah. I'll be yeah. I'll be very interested to see how that all gels with Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, and that that young crew in the backcourt there. Uh, once he comes back, Jonathan Isaac, I don't believe is back yet either. So, no. two big pieces in Fultz yeah. and Isaac, and they had two top draft picks as well. Um, yeah, the kid again, Zaga. Oh, Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs, thank and you. And the kid out of Michigan, uh, Franz Franz Wagner. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
The W uh, is, is a V in that in that last name. Yeah. <laughs> Great, good young team there yeah. as the uh, as the Magic uh, work through some growing pains there on the hard court. So, a lot of basketball left to be played as well. Eric has pulled the hook out on us here for segment three. Stay tuned. Mark and I are going to come back and talk uh, on the local side in segment four. Little crosstown traffic never hurt anybody as we get ourselves home on a Thursday afternoon. Talk Radio 96.7 presents Sports Central, and it's brought to you by Hall Communications. Talking sports with Mark and Justin. Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Fourth and final segment here on Sports Central. That's Mark. I'm Justin. Let's waste no time, man. Let's jump into it. What's going on here locally? Yeah, so Southeastern University's Angela Perry, uh, women's basketball player. She won the first Sun Conference Women's Basketball Player of the Week award. Uh, So Southeastern NAI basketball up and running now. Uh, She averaged 17.3 points and 9.7 rebounds in the Fire's three-game road trip in Montana. Perry and the Fire will compete in the Bryan College Classic this weekend in Dayton, Tennessee. Congrats to uh, Angela. Weber International men's basketball team cruised to their first win of the season, beating Point University 68-51. to Junior Tyon Martin led the Warriors with 14 points, shooting 42.8% from the field. That's an unbelievable clip. Yeah. Up next for Weber, another home game against the Voorhees College tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m. Yep, and for Warner, their men's soccer team won their final Sun Conference regular season match, defeating Florida Memorial 1-0 on Saturday. I always give myself these tough names. Uh, I'm going to give it a shot. Senior Simran Nazer scored the lone goal of the match in the eighth minute, uh, and their defense held up winning the game. Up next for the Royals is the Sun Conference Tournament beginning on November 6th. Polk State women's soccer team ended their season this past Thursday 2-1 with a 2-1 loss in double overtime heartbreaker to Daytona State College. Reza Lugo tallied the Eagles' only goal on an assist from Joanna Boyvin. The finish that they finished their season fourteen and four scored an impressive four point two seven goals per game. And Lugo, she had an incredible season. I think there was a stat she scored double the amount of double the goals of the amount of games that she had played in. Unreal. Yeah, it was it was insane. So a great season for her and for Polk State. Unfortunately, come up short in the postseason. Yeah. Uh, but then for Florida Southern's women's volleyball team, they notched their fourth win in a row with their three to one victory over Florida Tech. Junior Allie Travis tallied a season high in kills with 18, while Mackenzie Peterman led the Mox with 21 kills. The Mox will return home for a three-game home streak as they start with a match against Palm Beach Atlantic on Friday, November 5th, with first serve scheduled for 7 p.m. Hey, uh, and then, as always, we want to let you know what's going on in Central Florida's Polk County this weekend and in the the upcoming weekends as well, because there's always... Great sporting events uh, everywhere throughout the county each weekend. For more information on any event Mark and I touch on, please visit us at centralfloridasports.com or visit centralflorida.org. If you want to talk to somebody in person, come talk to me and my team at the Visitor Information Center at Exit 55 in Davenport. But 2021 Spirit Gymnastics going on this weekend at the Advent Health Fieldhouse in Winter Haven. Going to bring in roughly 400 participants to Winter Haven down there. Some uh, great gymnastics this weekend definitely yeah then a softball tournament at the auburndale softball complex lois harp and walker road will be the florida half century 60s tournament uh from november 6th to the 7th so be sure to check that out if you're interested in, in softball i'll tell you what man this senior softball those those senior they man they can play they can slug it they can absolutely do it <laughs> sticking with softball united states fast pitch association about 600 participants 
Coming to Bartow Softball Complex this weekend, November 6th through November 7th. And then more Diamond uh, Athletics, GSA Baseball, the Global Sports Alliance. They have a tournament happening at the Diamond Plex in Winter Haven and the Lake Merle Sports Complex in Auburndale uh, from November 6th to the 7th with about 850 participants expected for that one. And then, uh, of course, our good friends at the Florida Youth Soccer Association over there at Lake Myrtle Sports Complex. They got their Florida State Premier League Festival going on this entire weekend out there at Lake Myrtle. And then a world championship happening, the International Slow Pitch Softball. Their world championship happening next weekend, November 12th through the 14th. Uh, It'll be the best slow pitch softball teams in the world come to Polk County to play at Diamond Plex and Walker Road. Mid-Florida Football Super Bowl. That's right, Super Bowl in November, folks. Coming to Polk County November 13th, November 14th at Bryant Stadium. Mid-Florida is divided into two D1 and D2 uh, conferences this year, and that Super Bowl is going to happen Saturday and Sunday out at Bryant Stadium on the 13th and 14th. So the World Amateur Baseball Association has their Thanksgiving invite November 13th and 14th. Uh, It's a baseball tournament for ages 13 and under through 18 and under at the Lake Merrill Sports Complex with about... 700 participants expected for that one. Very cool. As yeah. as as I mentioned, always great events going on here in Central Florida's Polk County. Check it out, centralfloridasports.com. Visit centralflorida.org. We're coming down to the end of the wire here, folks. Always a pleasure talking sports with you, Mark. Good I appreciate to see you again. it, man. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to do this again soon, man. For sure. Absolutely. Maybe we'll have, have four people in here. It might be a crowd, but that would be a ton of people. <laughs> but we can make it happen. We can make it happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this first November edition of Sports Central here on Talk Radio 96.7. For my good friend, Mark McCollum, I'm Justin. We'll be back same time next week.